Oh, we hear. Bullshit is everywhere. Bullshit. Bullshit is rampant. Total fucking bullshit. Bullshit. This makes no fucking sense. This is bullshit. Fuck. Bullshit. Is bullshit. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell. Welcome back to the Bullshit Filter, our weekly news show for uh, the week beginning the 4th of March 2019. My name is Cameron Riley. With me as always, the man with the bubble, Ray Harris. How are you, bubble boy? I'm doing great. I'm happy to be here. How are you? Well, I'm doing better than Luke Perry, Ray. That's all I can say. No! I, um... No! <laughs> I mean, yes. Yes, you are. Yeah. But okay. Were yeah. you a big fan of his? Well, I... yeah. Look, in 1989, he was he was the coolest mofo on the planet, man. He was uh, <laughs> fake banging Shannon Doherty and uh, right. the other one, uh, Garth. What a Garth, right. Wayne, Wayne and Garth. I think her name was. Um, you know, she uh, he was uh, he was hot, man. He, I always that... I got to be honest though, I, I find it hard to uh, to tell Luke Perry and James Franco <laughs> apart. And I think while really? James Franco is still alive, yes. you know, Luke Perry is still with us, really. The James Franco, Luke Perry, and James Dean, I think they're all brothers from another mother. Oh, mm. gotcha. All mm. right, yeah. Yeah, I was never to his TV shows, but I certainly, you know, hope he's strumming the harp and he's, his family is, is doing okay. You know, it's, it's a bit scary when uh, guys our age, who's 52... <laughs> yes. Yes. Die suddenly from strokes, isn't it? Oh. You're like, oh shit, really? Are we at yeah. that age now yeah. where you just die that could suddenly? Happen. Yeah, yeah. Is an impetus impetus bad enough? I mean, we have to worry about strokes now. So, <laughs> you know, my dad was 53, 52 or fifty three when he died. So that's bad enough. But now Luke Perry, fucking thanks a lot, right. Luke. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for that wake up call, Hearing Luke. Shit up. Luke Perry. Yep. Uh, he's, Did you uh, have bacon this morning? No, I'm not eating. I'm I'm on the OMAD diet at the moment. One meal a day, OMAD. Uh, I I only eat at night for an hour. I okay. eat from like six to seven. Vampire That's it. Right. Is it? Yeah, it's called the warrior diet too. I think. Um, I don't know. Just trying to just trying to. I don't know. Lose some yeah. fuck, lose some fucking weight. You know. I got you. Now that I'm a big movie star, need to need to look my best. Right. Speaking of big movie stars, Ray, Michael Cohen. Michael yeah. Cohen has been all over <laughs> film and screen you should, lately. You should dye your hair and be selected to portray him when Hollywood does his film. Oh, I would Bio love man. that. I'd do a better job than Ben Stiller, that's for sure. Uh, my, Michael Cohen, um, the greatest man on earth, according to Donald Trump, not that long ago. Now, worst He's guy ever. Yeah. One of many yeah. lawyers. So, look, as everyone knows, I mean, this is obviously uh, a little bit old now because it came out last week, but um, Michael Cohen, not just as Donald Trump portrays him on Twitter now, one of many lawyers uh, that he's had, uh, he was executive vice president of the Trump organization and Donald Trump's personal attorney. um, Yeah. Obviously, uh, gave I think it was seven hours of testimony to uh, 
Congress last week about Trump. His uh, and uh, his statement uh, was put out the day before. Uh, I read it with glee, not because I think it's going to have any serious impact. Although it might, we'll explore that on the whole Trump presidency. But it's just fascinating to see a guy turn on someone like this and he worked for him for 10 years protected him you know bought you he's a fixer fixer yeah in his own words for donald trump (laughs) and he's fixing him now oh fucking hell (laughs) skewering him Um, people for trump made stuff disappear yeah yeah threatening buying you know uh, uh silence uh all sorts of stuff yeah but um here's uh, some like some of the quotes that i i really enjoyed uh mm-hmm. from his uh statement that came out prior to his testimony um when i say con man <laughs> he says talking about donald trump I'm talking about a man who declares himself brilliant, but directed me to threaten his high school, his colleges, and the college board to never release his grades or SAT scores. (laughs) Uh, As I mentioned, I'm giving the committee today copies of a letter I sent at Mr. Trump's direction threatening these schools with civil and criminal actions if Mr. Trump's grades or SAT scores were ever disclosed without his permission. Damn. I wonder if that letter had the the term thumbscrews in it. I'm only guessing. I don't know. I wasn't there. Yeah, I read the letter. Uh, No thumbscrews, but uh, it it really, uh, you know, it said basically, as you know, uh, it's illegal to uh, publish people's school results without their approval and um, you do not have his approval and if you release it to anybody we will prosecute you to the full extent of the law or something like that not that he's worried about these sat scores or his grades getting out no uh, and 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 ruining the myth that he's uh brilliant and knows all the big words not that anyone really was confused on this issue (laughs) right well apart from his his small group of supporters um, you know, he also, Cohen, uh, provided a copy of a $35,000 check that President Trump personally signed from his personal bank account on August 1st, uh, 2017, when he was president of the United States, which was mm-hmm. uh, payback for the illegal hush money that Cohen paid Stormy Daniels. Uh, this $35,000 check was one of 11 check installments that was paid throughout the year while he was president. Wow. Um, he had to wait a year to get his money back. Huh. All right. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't think he was hard up for a buck, Cohen, at this stage. That's true. Um, That's true. So my recollection of this is when it came out that they'd paid off Stormy Daniels to keep her quiet about having fucked Trump, um, she was paid to keep quiet during the campaign. Um, they denied it, never happened. Then they said, well, okay, it did right. happen, but Trump knew nothing about it. It was all right. Michael Cohen's idea. Trump didn't know why Michael yeah. Cohen. You'd have to ask him. I, I don't mean, know why he did it. Got he, nothing, nothing to he, do with me. He fucked her. Right, he, he did. We, we, oh, he, he did that. that he fucked oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Up, the, up the poop shoot and all, you know, yeah. But he didn't pay for it because he, he's a, he's a, 
you know, uh, stud. I I do have to say, you know, that I'm I'm known for doing tons mm. of research, mm-hmm. getting ready for these shows, mm. and you, you probably don't know this because you live a, a pure life, and I and I'm jealous of that. But mm. Stormy Daniels is still doing. I don't know how to put this <clears throat> live shows um for money so i guess um the money that they paid her didn't go as far as maybe she thought i thought it was funny that karen mcdougall or whatever her name was the playboy uh playmate got a lot more money than than uh, stormy daniels did so obviously she's not a good negotiator but she's probably enthusiastic in the sack and so hey you can't have everything mm. but i think she got like double the amount that stormy got I, again i just found that in my research hmm did uh, in your research? Did you um, find out where she's performing live, and just happen to uh, you know organize <laughs> podcast uh, research let's trips just, there by any chance? Let's just say that let's just say that it's it's a, it's a coincidence that I will be going away at the end of this week <coughs> uh, for more research to Vegas to uh, research you know World to- War Two history. <laughs> in and I'm taking a bunch of ones and fives. <laughs> right, right, yes, a bunch of singles. Yeah. Uh, Michael Cohen went on to say, I am ashamed because I knew that he worked for Donald Trump for 10 years because I know what Mr. Trump is. He is a racist. He is a con man. He is a cheat. Um, Now, apart from just the joy of of seeing (laughs) this guy who is his friend, protector, lawyer, turn on him like this and just go for the throat, um, (laughs) which... Like, okay, say what you want about the the morality of lawyers uh, testifying on former clients or, or just friends uh, uh, testifying on former friends. I mean, A, Trump threw him under the bus to begin with, and B, sure. like, uh, let's not feel sorry for Donald Trump here. We, we, we know that Donald Trump is the meanest... Uh, lowest uh, lowest morality-based human being on the planet. Long, long, long string of evidence that he just fucks people over at the blink of a hat. Like people, good people who have done work for his casinos or his other operations, construction work on his hotels and houses, apartments. He'll just refuse to pay them, threaten them with massively expensive legal action if they want to sue. Right. Um, to the degree that they know they'll go broke before they ever get their money back, so they just give up and don't bother. Long history of that. So, yeah, okay, Michael Cohen obviously doesn't come across as a very nice guy in all of this, but let's not feel sorry for Trump. It's just a a tiny bit of payback. But the the bit that um, is interesting, I think, out of Cohen stuff, the bit that may have some teeth is where Cohen provided copies of Trump's financial statements for 2011 to 2013 that he gave Mm -hmm. to financial institutions such as Deutsche Bank. Oh. Now, this could be interesting because according to Michael Cohen, the Trump organization would regularly inflate the value of its assets when it wanted to obtain loans from banks. And then right. would decrease them when he was looking to, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, pay for insurance or something like that or, or do his taxes. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, inflating the value of your assets when you're providing them as official statements to banks is apparently uh, bank fraud. <laughs> Um, is it? Well, look, nobody knows I'm more about, about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so, yeah, apparently uh, Trump gave these documents to Deutsche Bank in 2014 when he was trying to get a loan to buy the Buffalo Bills football team. Now, wow. I thought either that was a joke when I read that. Is that a real thing? The Buffalo <laughs> Bills football team? The Buffalo it is a real. They're New York, New York, New Jersey, somewhere based up there. They are. They are a real football team. Yes. Yes. Right. The Buffalo yeah. Bills. Well, I guess it's better than using skins or redskins or butchering the Native American name. So they, you know, Bills. Uh, you know, not bad. It's nice and neutral. It's just a dumb animal. <laughs> the um. Well, no, it was a guy, Buffalo Bill. Um, he was like a Wild West. Oh, now I feel bad. Uh, now I Wild feel West bad. kind but of Buffalo shit Bill Hancock. Hancock. I can't remember. Yeah, one of those. Yeah. Um, uh, he was in uh, Deadwood, I think. Buffalo was that? Bu- no, it was Wild Bill Hickok. No, different. Wild different Bill, Bill Hickok. Uh, I don't know go. who fucking Buffalo Bill is. Different Buffalo. Right. Hey, Buffalo Bill, <laughs> what do you kill, Buffalo? It was the fucking Beatles song. That's where I know it from. Buffalo Bill oh, Cody, okay. Wild Bill Cody, a.k.a. Buffalo Bill. Um, huh. There you go, yeah. Still tacky name. Yeah. yeah. He wasn't the guy. No, it was Wild, well, Wild Bill Cody, Wild Bill Hickok. I don't know. Which one was in Deadwood? <clears throat> Just fucking pick a I name. <laughs> Wild Bill Wild oh. Bill Hickok. Yeah, Deadwood. He was the one in Deadwood. Yeah, okay, yeah. Portrayed by uh, uh, the guy who's dead now, Keith Carradine. Is Keith Carradine dead? No, is David Carradine's dead? I don't know. Keith Carradine. David Carradine's dead. Keith is still alive. Fuck. All right, just pick a Carradine, will you? Pick a pick a Wild Bill. Pick a (laughs) Buffalo Bill. Buffalo Bill Cody. Why? He's an American scout, bison hunter, and showman. Um, Sure. Died in 1917. Uh, started working at the age of 11 after his father's death and became a writer for the Pony Express at age 14. During the American Civil War, he served the Union from 1863 to the end of the war in 1865. Later, he served as a civilian scout for the U.S. Army during the Indian Wars, receiving the Medal of Honor in 1872 for killing okay. Native Americans. Indians. Yeah. Yes. Anywho, back to uh, oh, so uh, speaking of Redskins, so my wife Chrissy grew up uh, as you know in Cedar City, Utah. Their the name of right. their uh, the school that she went to, I think her high school. Uh, the name of their sports team is the Redskins. And uh, <sighs> I'm the, one fourth offended. Uh, the yeah. my, my, might be um, her university, Cedar City, Utah Redskins. One fourth, yeah. <laughs> one eighteenth offended. Sorry, it's the Red Men. <laughs> the Red Men. Oh, that's not that's even the better. Redskins. The Red Men could have been called the Scalpers. But uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, no. Red Men, but uh, yeah, Cedar High School. And uh, there's been a big. Uh, the, I think a bunch of students decided uh, they wanted to change it recently mm-hmm. and uh, there's been a big uproar from the uh, people on the right uh, which as you can imagine right little little country town yeah. in Utah a lot of lot of right wing crazies there sure and uh, oh people are upset uh, I grew up with it it yeah. it, it, it means right. everything to me um, <laughs> I lived my life through my high school years huh okay we're still red inside said one former graduate this heart beats red <laughs> 
sounds communist to me, but what do I know? Yeah, yeah. Anywho, um, Chris has been better red than dead. Chrissy's been on a a Facebook uh, like group, you know, over the last six months of all these high people, and everyone's uh, fucking arguing. (laughs) about it i'm like really right really is that a good use of your time like who gives a fuck you don't even live there anymore just distance yourself from your racist heritage Move on. yeah Move along yeah anyway yeah. back to buffalo bills and donald trump so uh yeah. yeah apparently this may be evidence that they can get him on financial fraud um and again that's probably a state bank fraud it's probably a state uh crime so Something right. that fines. the fines. New York District. Well, yeah, I don't know, man. But I don't know. Anyway, it's not sexy enough to bring him down from the presidency. No, I but um, you know, he did. Of course, Trump, Donald Trump did point out on Twitter that Michael Cohen is a liar, and so <laughs> they sh- should know. they shouldn't be taking yeah. uh, any of his testimony seriously. Um. Right. Yeah, he's a liar that Donald Trump hired to lie for him, so he should know that he's a liar. He, I used to pay him to lie for me. He's a liar. You can't trust him. He's really good at it. Here's yeah. a list of people that Donald Trump has accused of being liars and untrustworthy. Michael Cohen, his 10-year personal lawyer. John Kelly, former White House chief of staff. Steve Bannon, former strategist and campaign chief executive. James Comey, former head of the FBI. Rex Tillerson, former secretary of state. Bob Woodward. Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist, uh, Omarosa Newman, former assistant to the president, director of communications, H.R. McMaster, Trump's former national security advisor, Stormy Daniels, his former sexual partner, uh, multiple women who have accused him of sexual assault, they're all lies, Howard Kurtz, former Fox News journalist and anchor, David K. Johnson, Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist and author, Sean Spicer, his former press secretary, is a liar, Rod Rosenstein, former U.S. Attorney General, Anthony Scaramucci, the mooch! The Mooch, former communications director in the Trump White House. He's a liar. Forget about it. Noel yeah. Clintron, uh, the uh, animated, the, the, the Transformer version of Bill Clinton he had manufactured, called him Noel Clintron. He was Trump's limo driver right. for 20 years. He's a liar. David Barstow, Suzanne Craig and Russ Bootner, New York Times investigative reporters. They're liars. And, of course, the entire U.S. intelligence services. They're all liars as well. Um so unfortunate for Donald Trump that he's employed and had to work sorry. with uh, and <laughs> dealt with so many liars in recent years. Right. It's I feel Aww. sorry for him. Just he's surrounded by by liars. Uh, a good a good man like that surrounded by liars. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, but of course the big news for me in this Michael Cohen testimony is he said questions have been raised about whether. I know of direct evidence that Mr. Trump or his campaign colluded with Russia. I do not. I want to be clear, but I have my suspicions. Now, Mm. this is kind of astounding in, in many ways to me. Not astounding, really. But look, if there was collusion going on between Trump or his campaign and Russia, you would have to think that Michael Cohen, his personal lawyer, his uh, fixer for 10 years, would know about it. Now, people have said to me right. on Facebook, oh, well, he, you know, maybe just kept it in the family or maybe just kept it within the campaign or maybe this. Well, maybe, yes, that's possible. But come on. Donald Trump does not strike me as the kind of guy that is going to 
keep that kind of a thing a secret. I don't think he's able to keep things a secret. I think that's part of his charm for his uh, supporters yeah. is he just blurts stuff out that he shouldn't blurt out. You know, previous presidents and they love it. were able to yeah. keep things a little bit uh, circumspect. He just just says whatever comes into his mind. It's like brain farts. He just yells it out, um, you know, <laughs> or, or tweets it out. Um, right. I'm, you know, uh, if he had been colluding, he would have tweeted, I'm colluding with Russia. It's fantastic. Together we're going to win the election. Hate Hillary Clinton. Um, Donald Donald Putin. Vladimir Putin is giving me his full extent of his special services to help me win the election. It's fantastic. It's tremendous. I really love Vladimir Putin. You know, there's no way he would... Hashtag go Russia. There's no way he would have been able to hold back from doing that if that was going on. But here's the other... So the fact that Cohen doesn't know about it is one thing. The other thing is Cohen said in his testimony that Mm -hmm. Trump never expected to win, that the whole whole campaign for him was just a PR exercise to build his brand and to make money. Now, you have to wonder. I mean, uh, who is going to collude... Are you going to collude with the Russians to try and win an election when you have no intention of winning the election? What's It doesn't even make sense. And this isn't the first time we've heard this. It was, uh, I think, Michael Wolf in his uh, book on the Trump administration or the Bob Woodward, one of those books, or maybe both of them, right. came out and said a long time ago that uh, Trump campaign never intended to win, never expected to win. Trump, no, Nobody was more shocked than Donald Trump when he won the election. Uh, except maybe, except for, Melania. except for his wife Melania, who was in tears. <laughs> She's like, oh, fuck. What? Yeah. What have you done, you idiot? You can't even get this right. Um, if, which, which? If I could play, go mm, ahead. Mm. If I could play devil's advocate for a second, um, I assumed probably along with a lot of people, and, and including Mr. Trump, that he was going to lose, um, and so maybe. And that by the time the election comes, it's personal with Hillary because she got under skin or whatever. I don't know. But I could see him getting excited about the Russians trying to help him or leaking information that's embarrassing to her just because she was the opponent. And Trump seems the kind of guy who could be nice to you if he's in a good mood. And if he's not in a good mood or if you've wronged him in some way that he's totally you know out to get you. But I could see him. And again, I'm just playing devil's advocate, but I can see him being okay with the Russians trying to help him and still thinking and thinking that I'm still going to lose, maybe to be just a little closer. So I don't know if that's uh, the strongest argument to, to say that there was no collusion. Um, but I'm just throwing that out for, you know, to oppose. Yeah. I like to, I like to. Oppose. No, yeah. you don't shut up. You do not. You've never opposed anything in your life. Your wife said, do you can, do you mind if I invite a black man into my bedroom? And you were like, oh, okay. Whatever you want, honey. Um, can I watch? No. Okay. But not yes, for dear. me. Yeah. Not for me, for you. Not for me. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I, I just, I find it, I mean, I, I think, <laughs> you got you to gotta keep in mind, Trump, not only, Trump thought he would lose. I think Trump wanted to lose. I don't think he wanted this job. I think you're right. And I think he was trying to lose by saying the most outrageous things possible. And the yeah. Clinton the, the Clinton campaign still managed to fuck it up. They had, they had an opponent who was trying to throw the fight. Shoot. They're they're in the ring. 
They're right? in the ring with a guy who is trying, he, like he's just swinging and missing. When they were swinging punches and missing, he'd still fall down and go, oh, my jaw. And they <laughs> still managed to lose. Yeah. I think this I, is... I, yeah. This this tells you everything you need to know about the Democrats, man. They couldn't even win an election against a guy who was trying to throw the fight. Yeah. No, I remember sitting down that very night of the election, sitting down with Heather and go, okay, this should be over in about 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> just assuming, just assuming. But I, I truly did not appreciate how high her negatives were. Uh, a lot of people stayed home. But let me, let me ask you this. So you were mentioning, I think, earlier about the payments – um, that he made as president. And so, yeah, that's illegal. For me, his testimony, the most interesting thing about his testimony, well, it was all, like you said, it was popcorn worthy just to sit yeah. there and watch and eat some popcorn. But the part where uh, Michael Cohen says, I lied to Congress about when Mr. Trump stopped negotiating the Moscow Tower project in Russia. I stated that we stopped negotiating in January of 2016. That was false. Our negotiations continued for months during the campaign. So, so, and again, you've, you've touched on this in previous shows, but again, if the American people had known that he was still trying to get the tower built I guess in Moscow, trying to do whatever he could to kiss up to Putin because without Putin, nothing, nothing like that's going to happen. If the American people had known, and I agree with you 99% of the way that it wouldn't have changed anything. The people had already decided who they, they wanted to vote for. There were very few uh, people that didn't know. But, but when you have a campaign, sometimes this is like, this is like West Wing. Sometimes you don't know when something's going to take a, on a life of its own. That's going to go viral, as we say now. If the American people had known that he was still doing uh, negotiations, if he still was in talks, maybe someone heard something that Michael Cohen had said, and he was constantly pressed on this issue, would it have changed the campaign? Again, I don't think so, but I can't say for sure because no one can possibly say for sure what would happen, you know, if, what if. But again, he lied to the people. He got Michael Cohen to lie to everyone, and so we did not know what we were dealing with. And I just thought that was one of the more possibly interesting aspects of his, his of his uh, testimony. No, that's all nonsense, man. Do you think the people who voted for Trump would not have voted for Trump if they'd known that? Well, do you no, think no, they no, wouldn't I, have, again, do you think the they would have no, given but, a shit? Okay. So they wouldn't have given a shit. So how would it have changed well, see, anything? Here, here's the part that I think it's lost because the cold war has been over. Cold war has been over since what? 92, 93. Um, in, in a lot of places in this country, and you've talked about this in, in different ways, we still consider the Russians, even though the Cold War is over technically, we still consider them bad. They're the bad guys, we're the good guys. And so I don't, the only chance of this making any difference in people's voting um, would be if if some of the people out in the country who are were pro-Trump and who are Republican and, and whatever, but at the same time, they're still Reaganites and they would see the Russians no. as bad. So that would be the only Trump. Trump spent way. his whole campaign saying nice things about Putin and Russia. He spent his whole campaign saying, you know, I want to do deals with Russians. Uh, you know, Russians are fine. So I admire Vladimir yeah. Putin. He's a tough guy. He's a tough leader. Yeah. Let's just do deals with him. I'm the great deal maker. I'm going to do deals. He said right. that openly. He asked for their help in, in finding Hillary Clinton's missing 33,000 emails. <laughs> he, he, he wasn't. <laughs> but he said he was joking. And CPAC the other day, he said, I was I was making a joke and people took it all seriously. How was I to know all these emails were going to come out, which may, in fact, he might have known. But I guess we'll have to wait on that. Yeah. 
Anyway, look, I don't think it would have made any difference if they'd known about that. And um, so, again, I've had some discussions with people um, on Facebook uh, about this, and they're saying, well, um, you know, Michael Cohen knows that me, you know, he suspects in his testimony that there were, that Trump maybe knew about Donald Jr.'s meeting with Natasha Navratilova, Martina Navratilova, whatever her name was, the (laughs) Russian woman. Um, Again, like, uh, let's be clear uh, having meetings with Russians is not illegal. It depends on what you're talking about. Exactly. Having meetings is not illegal. This, <laughs> And somebody said to me today, um, there was, uh, you know, there was uh, evidence that uh, the Trump campaign shared internal polling data with Russians. Again, to right. the best of my knowledge, sharing internal polling data is not collusion or illegal. Exactly. But not illegal. Not even yeah. tacky. Like as, just, as, as I pointed out, they just on, look it up. As yeah. I pointed out on Facebook, well, it's internal polling data, their own polling. Oh, right. I said, look, he said, well, that's that's collusion. I'm like, hold on, campaigns share internal polling data with the media all the time. Are they colluding with the media? I mean, it's I, I, look, nobody knows more about uh, American <laughs> constitutional law than you, Ray, but. I, I would have to suggest, that, tell me if I'm wrong, but sharing polling data is not by itself ipso facto, qui bono, put a stitch of freaking, I'm trying to think of other stupid sayings, collusion. By itself, it's not collusion, as far as I know. Right. It might be a hint that there is collusion going on, sure. But it, it in, and, and this is the thing that, that gets me about this whole narrative. People are turning things like sharing polling data or having meetings with Russians as, oh my God, it's collusion. No, it's not. Is it maybe uh, smoke where there could be fire? Sure. But it, it, it right. in and of itself is not anything to get too excited about. Don't jump the gun. I mean, <laughs> anyway, uh, the bottom line of yeah. all of this is uh, it, it, Michael Cohen has no reason to lie now or hide anything because he's just, he's going to jail anyway. And he's yeah. dumped it all yeah. on the table and he's trying to give them everything he can in order to reduce his sentence. So you have to believe if he had evidence of collusion, uh, he would have provided it. He said he doesn't. Yeah. It would have been framed. And really, yeah. it, it, this I mean, people are going, well, let's wait and to see what Mueller has. Okay, yes, we'll wait to see what Mueller has. But it's like, it's right. still, it's this religious thing that I find so amusing with people. Like, yeah. well, just because uh, we don't have evidence for God doesn't mean that maybe one day we won't, you know, we might fire up a fucking fusion reactor and there will be evidence of God. You can't, you know, despite the fact that there's... Anyway, it's just this so far, denial. People are just yeah. stuck in this denial. and They want it and to I, be true. I'm not saying there wasn't collusion. I'm not saying that they're absolute. Like I don't say 100% that God doesn't exist. Maybe God does exist. Maybe Jesus is standing behind me right now pulling funny faces. It's possible. But based on everything, based on everything we know, I'd have to say at the moment it's extremely unlikely that Jesus or God, in the sense of a Judeo-Christian God or a Muslim God, an Abrahamic God or any other conception of gods outside of you know maybe scientific pantheism exists 
So anyway, I, I think the same thing what? with the collusion. It's it's just a fucking you know very very right. low probability that we're ever going to find anything here. So fucking so stop getting excited about it, people. <laughs> So let me, let me just do this one more time before we go on to the next story. Devil's advocate. Is it, do you think it's possible or, or do you think it's likely that the Russians without talking to Trump did whatever they could even, um, you know, manipulate media or whatever to help either Trump look better or make Hillary look worse just because she's an actual politician with years of experience and he's a moron that they would want Trump in the office. Do you think they may have, have not colluded, but certainly did what they could to help Trump win? I think Russia, like North Korea, like China, like the United States, like the United Kingdom, um, and like every other major power, is doing everything mm-hmm. it can to A, uh, put people it uh, thinks will support their interests into power in other countries. Uh, Like Mm. what Trump Trump and the United States are trying to do with Guaido and Venezuela. Okay, this guy is going to protect our interests better. Let's do everything that we can to uh, put him in a position of power. Or to the very, uh, uh, at the very least, I think the Russians and the North Koreans and the Chinese are probably doing everything in their power, including hacking and manipulating social media, uh, right. to destabilize America's uh, political system and economic system in order to throw some spanners into the works, so these other countries can catch up and or take over uh, the, their control of uh, global economy. They, they want to mm-hmm. catch up. I mean... Everybody does it. Information warfare, digital warfare, it's just war at a different level, the same as uh, economic sanctions are war. So is right. fucking around with that kind of stuff. It's, it's no different to what America's been doing forever, ever since it had the capability of doing it, or... Any empire before them, any major power today. Australia does it with our smaller neighbours. We fuck with them whenever we can. Papua New Guinea Mm -hmm. or uh, 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 New Zealand. We just, like, laugh at New Zealand. But, you know, we we fuck with our third world neighbours whenever we can. Um, Because you you can. Our our, uh, intelligence services were caught out... uh, during the Snowden, I think, revelations a few years ago, bugging the mobile phones of, like, I think it was the Prime Minister oh, of Indonesia. Yeah. Um, you know, so we're, we all do it. Every country does it. They're trying to get an informational advantage. They're trying to interfere in the economies and politics of other countries where they see some advantage for themselves mm. in doing so. So, yeah, sure, Russia's doing that. It's no different to what every country is doing. Um, and the United yeah. States, you have to imagine, is the worst of all. Uh, it's, or the it's, best. Well, whichever way you want to look at it. Yeah, in terms of <laughs> interfering, it's got you know, the biggest infrastructure, yeah. the biggest budgets. It's doing that in more places. So, yeah, I'm sure right. Russia's doing it too. We won the gold. Well, I, I, okay. I, I, again, I'm, I'm sure too that the Clintons are corrupt as fuck. I've got no doubt that the Democrats oh, yeah. are corrupt. DNC's corrupt, Clinton's corrupt. We already know the DNC's corrupt because it came out that they threw the primaries uh, for Hillary. Um, People lost their jobs over it. Um, 
So we know the DNC's corrupt. We know the Clintons are corrupt. We know that Bill Clinton raped women and, and, and you know, lied to the American public about getting blowjobs from what's-her-face. Um, so, yeah, look, they're all fucking corrupt, yeah. man. I mean, are they more corrupt or less corrupt than Trump? I don't know. But they're all yeah. corrupt. I think we, we can assume yeah. that to varying degrees. Um, speaking of uh, Trump, now... Uh, Interesting idea I saw this week. Uh, it's not new. This is a few years old. Um, well, the article is. <clears throat> but it's worth talking about. In 1981, a Harvard law professor called Roger Fisher, uh, who was the director of the Harvard Negotiation... Ne- I can't say that word. Negotiation Project, published a thought experiment in the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists. What if the codes to launch nuclear war were kept inside the chest cavity of a young volunteer and the president would have to hack them out of this young man's chest with a meat cleaver before he could commence Armageddon. Damn. Yeah, just have someone going around. Look, if I if I really do need to use these codes, I have to kill you. I have to cut open your chest to get the codes. And uh, yeah, so, so the professor said, my suggestion was quite simple. Put the needed number in a little capsule, put it in, you know, in his chest next to his heart. If the president ever wanted to fire off nuclear weapons, the only way to do it would be for him to first, with his own hands, to kill the one human being. The president says, George, I'm sorry, but tens of millions of people must die. He has to look at someone and realize what death is and what an innocent death is. And I just love the line at the very end when he said, when I suggested this to friends at the Pentagon, they said, my God, that's terrible. Having to kill someone to, would distort the president's judgment. He might never push the button. And I'm thinking, duh, that's the idea. Anything you can do to stop nuclear war, I would think would be a good thing. Yeah. Here's the problem with this uh, theory. I think, number one, most presidents are probably psychopaths, so they'd kill him without batting an eyelid. Or they just have their security services kill him. Yeah, shoot him. Yeah, um, yeah they'd have the secret service. They go kill that guy. I mean, he's got to he's got to obey the president's orders, right? Yeah, kill that guy and pull the yeah. thing out of his chest for me, which I'm going to go right. take a dump and then I'm going to launch a nuclear bombs. Um, Get a burger from Burger King. I'll be right back. Or if you're LBJ, you'd be taking a dump while you gave the order and watching it. <laughs> while you're taking your dump, as he famously used to have meetings with people while he was taking his shit. <laughs> That's um, how I do it. <laughs> right now I'm recording on the toilet. <laughs> um, it's all about the ambiance in the bathroom, right? You just want to get <laughs> the right sound. Um, but uh, I think a better idea, the reason I bring this up, the better idea is to put right. the nuclear codes in the president's chest. Ooh. Yeah. So in order to launch nuclear war, you have to have your own chest cavity chest cavity hacked open um, right. before you can launch a war. I think that is the better idea. You have to commit suicide, harakiri, right. uh, before you can launch so your can nuclear live. war. Yeah. yeah. Be prepared yeah. to sacrifice yourself if you want to because i think that's the only thing psychopaths are going to value really is their it's own themselves. life yeah i'm glad you brought that up because i want to ask a question about psychopaths and i'm not just you know blowing sunshine up your ass because your book is about to come out i truly do find your view 
or whatever the proper term is, um, your, your, your take on psychopaths and how they, because of the way they operate, they rise to the top of any kind of institution. And so I wanted to do a very small quote from Michael Cohen about Trump. And I wanted your opinion. Is this one of the aspects of being a psychopath or is this just being a human being or an opportunist or, 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 or businessman? And I just wanted to get your take on it. So Michael Cohen says on tr about Trump, and I'm sure you saw this, since taking office, he has become the worst version of himself. He is capable of behaving kindly, but he is not kind. He is capable of committing acts of generosity, but he is not generous. He is capable of being loyal, but he is fundamentally disloyal. With that kind of dis, if that's true, with that kind of disconnect in his brain, is that one of the aspects of being a, a, a sociopath, psychopath, or am I reading too much into it? And he's just an opportunist or opportunist, or he's just a cunt. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? I mean, is that, is that what it, is that like a little window into the world of a psychopath? Yeah. Look, I mean, it's hard. It's hard to know without um, sure. knowing what the guy's like off camera and being able to get him to sit the uh, psychopath test ah, with a qualified right. psychiatrist. However, um, you know, one, one thing the psychopaths are very good at is manipulating people. And kindness and generosity, along with charm, is a good way of manipulating people. So mm. if you want to get somebody on side, uh, acts of uh, feigned kindness or generosity uh, is one way of doing that. You know, I've known people uh, like my former business partner who I'm very, very convinced was a psychopath, the guy who embezzled all the money right. and then said, hey, not my fault and disappeared to Thailand, burnt 20 people's jobs and, uh, you know, everything. Customers, startups just, yeah. and just washed his hands of it and walked away and with a smile on his face and blamed wow. everybody else. Um Right. Now, that guy, when I first got to know him, was very generous to me. Mm. Uh, would invite Chrissy right. and I over to his house every week, put on a palatial dinner, uh, expensive wow. booze, expensive food, free cigars afterwards, um, and was, uh, you know, very, very, very kind, very generous. Mm -hmm. um, because he wanted something from me in retrospect he wanted me to trust right. him he wanted me to believe him he wanted me to come and build his business for him um and i'm sure that if you know if if uh he hadn't got caught out embezzling all of that money which tanked everything he would have burned me at some stage um right you know he would have taken everything screwed me over i mean i'd, I'd worked for him for two years with no contract um, kept asking him for the contract. He goes, oh, yeah, it's still with my lawyers. I don't know what he's doing. He's hopeless. I'll have to follow him up. This went on and on right. and on. Um, and I knew he was bullshitting me, but what do you do? I mean, when you've you've invested a yeah. year into this business and it's growing and it's looking good and you, you this, yeah. the guy who's your slash boss slash partner slash whatever investor is just bullshitting you every step of the day. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. so they, they can be kind and generous when they want to, when, when it's going to get them what they want. They can be charming. They, they, they're just experts right. at manipulating people. The ones that are good at it. Anyway, there are psychopaths that are bad at manipulating people too, I'm sure. Mm. But a, a lot of them right. are very good. They've spent their lives 
figuring out how to manipulate people get to get what they want because that's the only thing that matters to them because they don't have an empathy center they don't feel guilty about anything they just have learned since the time they were teenagers how maybe even younger how to manipulate everyone around them to get their own way to get what they want which is usually wow wealth and power as they become adults yeah that's cold damn well it's just the way they are it's the way they're made um yeah you know it's not their fault that they're this way. That's just the way their brain has been architected uh, for psychopaths mm-hmm. uh, from birth, for sociopaths uh, as a result of something that happened to them, experiences they had when they were young children that, that sort of mm. interfered with the normal development of the brain. God. Okay, cool. I, I'm looking forward to to the book. As I just... I probably came to the whole thing kind of slowly, but I do find it absolutely fascinating. And so I watch people on the news. I watch business leaders or politicians. I'm just trying to watch them for any signs of, you know, fake sympathy or, or what have you, or of um, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Showmanship, you know, just to see, I mean, because they all lie. Can you, can you kind of catch them or, or look at any tells that they have? I just find the whole thing fascinating. I'm sure our entire audience will be shocked to hear that you came to something slowly, Ray. Um, moving on in Vegas yeah <laughs> <laughs> not there uh, Vegas uh, Italian Prime Minister yeah. Italian Prime Minister not Italian fucking Israeli Prime Minister yeah. uh, Benjamin what? Netanyahu is going to be indicted on bribery and fraud charges Oh shit! That sounds serious. <laughs> you think? Now, yeah. um, now uh, I'm not a big fan of Netanyahu. He's uh, extreme right. Um, you know, I'm not a big fan of uh, Israel's uh, policies and treatment of the Palestinians. Um, right. One of these days, we might get around to doing a series on the history of Israel uh, on this here podcast. Um, but. Um, yeah, it's very unusual uh, for sitting prime ministers to be indicted on bribery and fraud charges. Normally that happens after they uh, are out of office. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I don't know that it's that unusual in Israel, actually. I think they've got a bit of a history of uh, prime ministers being wow. up on these sorts of charges. But um, I, I think this one is particularly interesting because an Australian billionaire is involved for reasons mm. I don't quite understand. But let me let me drill down on it a little bit. So two of the charges have to do with tampering with press coverage of the Prime Minister, tampering with the media, um, which is interesting. So uh, uh, manipulating media coverage of him and his prime ministership uh, in order mm. to maintain support for him personally, for his party and for their their policies. Um, yeah. Now, uh, uh, another guy who's involved in this is uh, American casino billionaire mogul Sheldon Adelson, who I think was also a big supporter of Trump's campaign uh, eventually. I think he supported someone else uh, originally. Bush? No. I don't know. No, according to Wikipedia, he met with uh, Bush, Chris Christie, Scott Walker, John Kasich, um, but uh, eventually went with Trump. I got a feeling he was going with right. someone else before that. But anyway, I don't know. Um, 
but uh, yes, yeah, so he's he's tied up in this uh, Israeli thing. Um, he f- he was funding a free newspaper in Israel mm. that was pro Netanyahu, and right. because it was free, it was hurting the business of other newspapers. And then Netanyahu was using the free newspaper to blackmail the other newspapers by threatening them that if they didn't give him better coverage, then Adelson would print more free newspapers. Um, But if they did give him positive coverage, he would talk to Adelson about reducing his circulation. How do you threaten a newspaper and not that not be the story on their front cover the next day? But hey, what do I know? I'm not a prime minister. I'm, I'm sure he was very intimidating or subtle or whatever the proper term is. Yeah, it's a good question, right? So he's got his, trying to blackmail yeah. these other newspapers and they didn't report on it to the best of my knowledge. Something. Yeah. That's pretty scary. Yeah. We're yeah. getting blackmailed by the Prime Minister, but keeping it quiet. According to the BBC, between the years 2012 and 2017, the Prime Minister and his aides intervened blatantly and continuously, and sometimes even daily, in the content published by the Walla news site. The intervention of the Prime Damn. Minister and his aides in the content and appointments of editors and reporters at the Walla website was meant to advance his personal interests through publication of flattering articles and photos, removal of content critical of the Prime Minister and his family members, and so on. I mean, we all want to be in power, but that seems even blatant. It seems blatant by today's standards. I mean, you just send people out to spin the news and to lie like like all the other politicians. The idea of being that proactive is shocking to me, but I know nothing about Israeli politics. Yeah, look, I don't know much about it either. Uh, I do know that uh, Netanyahu is running for his fourth term. They've got an election coming up soon. Um, and yeah. so this may or may not uh, affect him. He, uh, he may be a little bit untouchable. I think he's got a pretty strong support base, a bit like Donald Trump, who's a big fan of his, right. by the way. Back to the, yes. the allegations, though. Netanyahu's also accused by the police of attempting to do a deal with the owner of Yediot Aharonot, a mass circulation newspaper. Its sales were being hurt by the free newspaper started by Sheldon Adelson, which is known as mm-hmm. Yisrael Hayom, Israel Today. Um, uh. And that's where he uh, suggested that Adelson would reduce his print run to help out Yediot Aharonot if they would run more positive stories about Netanyahu and his far-right party, the Likud party. The third charge from the police is that Netanyahu received what were essentially bribes for favours from Arnon Milchan, the Israeli Hollywood film producer. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, you may have heard of some of the films that Arnon Milchan has produced. 12 Years a Slave, JFK, Heat, Fight Club, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, LA Confidential and The Revenant. Um, Damn. Yeah, big, big, big hitter. Worth $5 billion on Milchan. Uh, He's 72. Inherited a fertilizer company from his father who died when Milchan was 21. He turned that business into a massive chemical company. Then he was recruited by Israeli intelligence to obtain parts for its clandestine nuclear program. 
according to an unauthorized biography that came out of, about him in 2011 called Confidential, The Life of a Secret Agent Turned Hollywood Tycoon. <laughs> Jesus. Then what a life. It, in the early 80s, he was wealthy enough to start financing films, possibly with Israeli intelligence money. Uh, he produced one of Martin Scorsese's early films with Robert De Niro, The King of Comedy. Ever seen that? No, you talked about it a couple of weeks ago on a show. Yeah. And I, and I have written it down, but I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I, I made Chrissy sit and watch it a month or so ago. That's right. um, great <laughs> film. Robert De Niro and Jerry Lewis. Fucking classic. Little known classic. <laughs> <clears throat> and then he uh, also backed, you know, Pretty Woman and The Big Short and all those other movies that I mentioned. Right. Now, he is accused of giving Netanyahu gifts in the vicinity of 750,000 shekels, which is equivalent to about $270,000. I think that's US dollars. Um, right. <clears throat> but then, oh, and now the allegations are that Milchan was giving... Netanyahu and his family, these gifts, and the gifts were in the form of uh, cigars, like hundred thousands of dollars worth of cigars and holidays nice. and stays at hotels and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. In return for tax breaks, because apparently tax breaks for Israelis returning to Israel after spending time abroad, and he mm -hmm. was trying to get them extended to him or better tax breaks, something to do with that. It's still a little bit murky. But he was giving gifts to right. Netanyahu and his wife um, on cigars and uh, champagne, $23,000 worth of champagne, $40,000 <laughs> worth of cigars. Um, now, but apparently at some point, Alan Milchan brought in James Packer into the deal so they would split the gift giving. <clears throat> now, you've probably never heard of James Packer. Uh, I don't expect anyone outside of Australia to know who he is, but um, he is a billionaire. He's the son of Kerry Packer, um, who was Australia's first ever billionaire, richest man, owned a big television station here um, before he died, wow. earned a big magazine empire here, arch rival of Rupert Murdoch for many years. Um, nearly bought the podcast network uh, back in 2005. Uh, I was in discussions with his company and then he died. Um, in, in, you know, fucking insensitive cunt. Right. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> his son... James Packer yeah. uh, inherited the empire and has done his best to destroy it. Uh, he's he's <laughs> he's lost money everywhere. He got rid of the television and magazine empire a long time ago. Sold them off, but and and still has casinos in Sydney and he's he's burned through billions of dollars in failed ventures over yeah. the years. Um, and was engaged uh, for a while to. Yep. Uh, what's her name? Mariah Carey. Mariah yeah, Carey. Yeah. yeah, he is. Yeah. He is ugly as fuck. Uh, as yeah. was his father. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Um, Billionaire baby. But was engaged to Mariah Carey for a while. He. Um, he's. If that's. If that. I'm sorry. If that's not motivation to be that ugly and to be able to snag her at least for 18 months, that should be your motivation every day. That should be your mantra. You know. Waking up. It doesn't matter if you're ugly, whatever, become a billionaire, all mm. problems solved. 
previously married to two models um, <laughs> before he hooked up with Mariah Carey. Right. So I don't know if you can mention this because I know it was banned in Australia, Australian media. Maybe it's not the case anymore, but I had read that Mr. Packer had some trouble with uh, drugs, um, couldn't quite shake it, somehow hooked up with Tom Cruise, who introduced him to Scientology and went through some whatever program through the Scientology about getting off drugs. And he was with him for, I guess, uh, on and off for a couple of years. But I think Tom Cruise and Scientology probably saved his life. So good on you, Tom. I yeah. Don't know if that. Oh, yeah. Those stories have been going around for years. He's not a Scientologist, oh, okay. but he's donated a lot of money right. to Scientology. Uh, supposedly uh, close friends with uh, Tom Cruise. Yeah, uh, hosted him on yachts and fucking all that kind of jazz. Uh, I don't know. As you man. do. Yeah. yeah. But uh, anyway, so the, the 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 deal here. So what does James Packer have to get out of this? He's not a Jew. He's yeah. not. He's not an Israeli. What's What's he have to gain? Well, no one really knows. Um, Mm-hmm. There, he apparently did buy a million-dollar beachside mansion next door to Netanyahu's million-dollar beachfront <laughs> mansion in Caesarea. Sure, right. Founded by Julius Caesar, um, and he, Packer has been sending Netanyahu's twenty-five-year-old son Yair on vacations at hotels or apartments that he owns. God. Now. The the the, nice. the theory, the rumors are that he might be trying to get citizenship and get some sort of special uh, tax benefits uh. for his citizenship. But this has been going on a couple right. of years. This footage of James Packer, who went kind of underground um, after he broke up with Mariah Carey, went underground for a few years. And then he turned up, uh, I think, in twenty fifteen. In the audience and in at the U.S. Congress, when Netanyahu was giving one of his regular speeches on how Iran's about to build a bomb and blow up the world, and they're only five right. years away from it, which he's been saying for fifteen years, um, they uh, Packer was in the audience and was seen leaning over and giving Netanyahu's wife a peck on the cheek. Obviously, already Ooh. close to the family at that stage, and he's been turning right. up at different Netanyahu events. He's been photographed in the back rooms before Netanyahu gives a speech here. There, like he's some sort of political strategist. He's worth five or six billion dollars, runs a fucking global casino empire, and yet is hanging right. around with the prime minister of Israel like he's a lackey. So something yeah. weird is going right. on here. Uh, no one really knows why. In the ABC uh, News, in Australia, ABC News, story I watched on it last night, went to extreme lengths to say multiple times in their coverage. Now, the ABC is not accusing James Packer of any crimes or anything untoward <laughs> or any allegations whatsoever. Right. Let us just be very clear, and I would like to repeat that. We're not accusing him of anything. No. We have no, no. knowledge, no accusations, no, no. allegations. We're just no. saying, that's weird. I wonder what that's, that's all right. about. That's all, <laughs> that's all we're doing. In case you want to sue me for my the value of my entire estate, which at this stage right. is a couple of marbles and some blue tack. Um, uh, yeah, so uh, weird, man. But um, it's going to be interesting to see because... 
Again, like, like you know, uh, Netanyahu, an interesting guy. Um, and if he gets taken down for corruption... Oh, yeah, huge. Um, while he's prime minister or if his term ends in this upcoming election, and probably the... the, the the court case probably won't happen until after the next election, whether or not he wins it. He may be able to get it overturned. He may be able to get the uh, Attorney General to not go ahead with it. But at this stage, the Attorney General has said he is going ahead with it. So we'll see what right. happens. At least one charge. Right. Now, Netanyahu, in his own version of fake news, has been going around saying ad nauseum, don't believe the spin. And maybe yeah. he's saying his native tongue. I don't know. But he's got his own little saying, too. So if you're a dictator or you just... Get your saying, get it out there, brainwash the people. That's part of the step of leadership. Fake news. As the uh, George Pell, Cardinal George Pell's uh, supporters, including a couple of former prime ministers and vice prime, oh, uh, deputy prime minister right. in Australia, and uh, Rupert Murdoch's media empire have been saying for the last week since it was revealed, as I threw into an addendum to last week's show, that. Cardinal George Pell, the third highest ranking Catholic in the world up until recently, uh, and the highest in Australia before that, has been found guilty on two charges of sexually molesting 13-year-old boys in 1996. Uh, His supporters have been saying, oh, well, you know, let's just wait for the appeal. Everything may not be what it (laughs) seems here. Uh, throwing shade at our justice system. Now, of course, justice systems are are imperfect and it's possible that he is innocent. But it's interesting to see how these people who are all about, because they're all conservatives, they're all about the rule of law uh, and when anyone else is uh, found guilty of anything. Uh, When one of their friends is found guilty, unanimously Uh, by a jury of his peers, they're like, oh, well, I don't know about that. Don't know about yeah, that court case. Sounds dodgy. Yeah, like someone said, um, interesting how our Christian prime minister um, has not come forward and called upon all Catholics to denounce Catholicism and George right. Pell and the Pope uh, and these heinous crimes that Catholics have been found uh, guilty of time and time again, like he has done with Muslims, saying that Muslims need to come out and publicly condemn the people in their religion who commit heinous crimes, right. uh, not extending the same level of uh, courtesy to the Catholics. Right. Yeah. It's all about forgiveness, my friend. Speaking of yeah. religion, um, final story I wanted to do today because we're running out of time. Um, uh, I just saw this this morning. This just came out in Vice. What happens to your brain when you stop believing in God? Now, uh, according to uh, this article, uh, according they're quoting Jeffrey Anderson, a radiology professor at the University of Utah who studies religion in the brain wow. as opposed to religion in the uh, kidneys. Very right. different, very left toe. yeah, very yeah. different field of study. Religion in the kidneys <laughs> and the left toe. Uh, he is. <laughs> That uh, uh, a description of him, uh, what do they say, radiology professor, doesn't really do him justice. He uh, He's an assistant professor of radiology, but he studies neurobiology, neurophysiology of yeah. distributed brain networks, brain synchrony, functional connectivity, new fMRI, diffusion tensor, and magnet 
cryptoencephalography methods for diagnosing and wow. understanding neurological disorders such as multiple sclerosis, autism, and Alzheimer disease. Well, you can give up on autism. Right. We all know that it's vaccines that cause that. Um, sure. Sure. That's another show we've got to do on the bullshit field at some point. Um, That's right. So uh, Jeffrey Anderson uh, graduated from Brigham Young University, means he's either a Mormon or a former Mormon or a FOMO or an Exmo, as they are known. Uh, probably hmm. probably is based on this. He says religion works exactly like a drug, like cocaine or methamphetamine or like music yeah. or like romantic love. All of those uh-huh. experiences on some level tap into rewards. The physiology is really the same. Yeah, because he went on. He went on to say that yeah, you have to identify these feelings in the process about believing in God because it affects their decision making process, and and he can you know track a lot of the stuff with the imaging. So again, I found I found the research uh, fascinating that if he can tie this stuff down and say, look, this is just like everything else that goes through your body. Maybe we can start to understand the effects on of religion on people's brains and obviously on their on the decisions that they make on a day to day basis. Yeah, and I I thought it was an interesting way of describing um, religious uh, experience or religiosity in people as some form of an addiction to the pleasure chemicals they get out of it in their brain. Now, that's right. As um, somebody said to me on Facebook, well, you know, everything um, that we do, we do because it creates. Uh, activity in the pleasure centers of our brain and that's of course true nobody knows more about brain <laughs> neurology brain than you than me right. um you know i i'm the guy who wrote a book <laughs> nine years ago eight years ago called the three illusions that basically said look everything is a chemical event in the brain there is no free will it's just chemical events in the brain um <clears throat> So I get that. Everything that happens uh, to us uh, is a chemical event in our brain at some level. But um, the, the, the problem with, with addictive behavior is when things that are normally harmless, uh, sex, uh, eating, um, having a drink, having a joint, cigarette, right. cigar, uh, um, checking Facebook on your phone, uh, mm. playing golf, whatever it is, these things are normally harmless until you get to a point. If something happens to you where you crave the uh, pleasure that they give you to such a high degree that it starts to damage your life or the lives of people around you and you struggle to give it up, mm-hmm. you struggle to quit it, right. pull back, reduce the amount of time that you it. spend on those things. Yeah. That, I think, is basically our definition of addiction, right? You, you struggle to stop doing yeah. something that is causing you or others harm. Now, uh, religion, if, it's, if, if the process of being involved in a religious activity, going to church, praying, reading the Bible, thinking about raping little boys, uh, if that is giving you, well, I know that's not technically part of Catholicism. But it's there. But look, it's, it's one of the unspoken codes, obviously, of, of, of right. Catholicism that, you know, I'm sure it's in the Bible somewhere. I mean, if you look hard enough, um, right. that, uh, that, that sort of addiction that people have to that makes it difficult for them to 
rational, use rational thinking and logic to pull away from it. Now, the question is, is being religious hurting them or hurting the people around them? Now, mm-hmm. I would argue yes. Um, I've argued for a long time that religion hurts humanity. The existence of religious right. belief hurts humanity because everyone who's religious, and I mean not just card-carrying Christian who goes, yeah, you know, I was raised a Christian, I'm probably a Christian. No, not those people. I'm talking about people who uh, are seriously religious, not just Christians, obviously. This, goes, this is true for all religions. Mm-hmm. The, 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 those people's um, mental capacity, if you think of the human race as an engine and the the intellectual horsepower of every brain on the planet goes towards the horsepower of the the intellectual horsepower of the human race as a whole our ability to mm. solve the problems that we are facing as a species the existential problems that we are facing uh, nuclear war climate change the rise of ai the rise of nanotech goo potential uh, alien invasion uh, 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 and uh, overpopulation, uh, you know, right. the, the, and and the combination of all of those things. Some are all of those things. Um, the rise of country music. What do we do about that? The, we need our best and our brightest. Cancer solving cancer. We need our best and our brightest right. focused on these things. Now, if sixty percent, seventy percent, eighty percent of the population, their brains aren't working at full capacity because they believe that God's going to fix it all, or Jesus, or Muhammad, or... or uh, fucking, they pray on it. Yeah, yeah. Their thoughts and prayers are going to solve shit. You're, you're, right. you're, you're, you've got an engine that's only running at 10% capacity. It's all on the atheists to do all the hard work. <laughs> you know, we're carrying the load for everybody else. We're tired, people. We're tired. So yeah. I believe religion, um, serious religiosity. Is, again, I, I mean, I don't care if you go, well, you know, yeah, listen, maybe I, I say, I say, you know, Hail Mary before I eat my dinner. Fucking whatever. Okay. But when it gets in the way of logical thinking, rational decision making, when it informs you voting Donald Trump in as president, or Scott Morrison in Australia as our Prime Minister. Not that he ever got voted for. He mm-hmm. just sort of took the job when he killed the guy who was there before him. But anyway, um, you know, it, it, that is when it becomes a problem. When you start using your religion to interfere in how the world is being run, um, that when it is, yep. it is causing harm. If you are still a Catholic after everything that's come out about raping kids power. and nuns, right. you're still right. supporting... The Catholic Church as an institution, even if, if it's money. even if you're not giving the money, even if it's just by saying, "Yeah, yeah, I'm still a Catholic," then you are supporting an institution that's done and continues to do, to the best of our knowledge, enormous damage around the world. Um, that level of religiosity is harmful. Therefore, I think it does qualify as an addiction, and maybe we need to treat it that way. Maybe. We should be rounding up all religious people in trucks and putting them in concentration camps and subjecting them to extreme uh, detox and rehab. Um, I'm kidding, but... Correction therapy. Correction, yeah. 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 I'm kidding, kind of. No, I am kidding, but I I think that... (laughs) Right. That uh, maybe, you know, you can't... 
You can't talk anyone out of an addiction, really. Uh, if you got if you got a friend who's addicted to meth or addicted to weed or booze, I know this, you know, from personal experience with with many alcoholics in my family, having personally been involved in AA when I was younger. You you can't really logic someone out of an addiction. You can't say, well, right. you know, you're hurting yourself and the people around you. You might lose your job. You might lose your family. You might lose your house. You might lose your health. No one cares. I mean, they do care, but they, they it doesn't process in their brain because their brain's not working right. So logic doesn't help. They, they, they usually need to have something horrible happen to them, as referred to in the rooms right. as hitting rock bottom. And then that alters their brain state enough that they're willing to, to do something about it. They're willing to get help. They're willing to get clean, get sober, listen to people who have been through the process before and step-by-step step start to rebuild their lives. And, and a lot of that is re-architecting their brain, figuring out the things that aren't working properly, re-engineering those, developing better tools for coping uh, with the, with life and, and with their, their personal situation. Um, so maybe we should stop. My point here is maybe we should stop trying to logic religious people, uh, which we all know is kind of pointless anyway. You know, I can tell people Jesus probably didn't exist till the cows come home. It's not going to make a lot of difference to most deeply <laughs> religious people. Um, right. Maybe we need They're to start... Well, yeah, in some cases. Maybe we need to start thinking yeah. about religious people as addicts and treating them as you would an addict. I, I don't really know what that means, but um, I haven't thought about it yeah. very much, but I thought it was an interesting idea anyway. Yeah, yeah. All right, that's the show. Oh, speak, yeah. Speaking, what? Yep. What? No, I was just going to say, what? speaking of which, um, next hey? week on, on news, we will cover the 18-year-old who just turned 18, so the first thing he did was get himself vaccinated because his parents wouldn't allow him. So oh. maybe we can do that next week. Yeah, well, yeah. Did you, you, you didn't put that in the notes for this week, did you? No, I, ju I just saw it today, but I'll send you a link. All right, you do that. Now, you're going away this week, aren't you? What are you doing? I am. I am. Uh, Stormy well, Daniels research. Uh, <laughs> exactly. A friend and I are going to go to a Civil War battlefield where they just had a tornado in this in this roughly in this area that, Alabama? that killed twenty four people. Alabama. Alabama. So we're I read going about close to Alabama and yeah. So we're we're he so I'm going to text him tonight. Going is this trip still on? Shouldn't we just go see Stormy Daniels live show and? just call it even i mean but we'll see how it goes so if you never hear from me again i died because of god's wrath because of what you said uh through mother nature it's my fault that god brought his wrath out on you i yeah i guess he can't reach you in australia so he struck me down but i don't know i don't know how god works but uh this could be my last recording. well let me let me play this for you as a going away gift okay Alabama Devil fools with the best laid plans Swing low Alabama You got the spare change You got to feel strange And now the moment is all that it meant Alabama you got the weight on your shoulders, it's breaking your back. 
Your Cadillac has got a wheel in the ditch and a wheel on the track. Oh, Alabama. There you go. That's for you. Nice. You can listen to that on your little road trip. Um, I will. Uh, yeah, well, say hi to Stormy for me, and I'll uh, see you next week. I will. <laughs> Take care. <laughs> Alabama, my ass. Fucking civil wars. Like, Heather's not really fallen for that. I'm going to send her an email.